Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Mohanad Al Sheikhi. And this is Hannah Wright. And this is You Could Do That on Television, the podcast where we talk about all the absolutely insane shows of the early 2000s that you could definitely never make today. Yes. And today we're going to be talking about Room Raiders. Yeah. An MTV show from 2003. Room Raiders. Yes. And we have a very special guest today with us. Yes. Our, our podcast's first guest, Eva, the co-creator of Room Raiders himself, Miles Kahn. Hey, Miles. Hey. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Come on me. in. Miles, just so hi. you know, so Miles is over Zoom or a Zoom-like product right now. And... We have you in the nice chair. Maybe yes. you can yes. see it. I don't know if you can appreciate that. You are in a very fancy chair right the now. The laptop holding oh, Miles. Oh, 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 I'm sitting. What I like is that uh, what, your, what your viewers don't know is it's a very low angle. So you, I, And I'm in a very <laughs> low seat to reach my own microphone at home. So it looks like you're berating me from from afar oh which yeah I really like that's that's <laughs> what we <I'm> being scolded <laughs> hope to do this is what the show is for creating that's the vibe we want to create yeah with all it's good guests. i feel very intimidated so this is perfect <laughs> yeah take a picture of the angle oh so i did we'll yeah it's great so yeah thanks for being with us miles <laughs> it is my pleasure um yeah, room readers. Yeah, room readers. Uh, yeah. So me and Mahanid, just so everyone knows, used to work together at Full Frontal with Samantha B, and Miles was the executive producer of that show. And while we worked with him, we found out he also created the show Room Raiders in 2003, which is such an insane flex. It was it was it's funny because when people are like, Oh, what tell me about your career? And I'm like, Oh, I did the Daily Show in Full Frontal and I want a Peabody for this thing I did with Daily. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, and then like way back in like the two thousands I I created room raiders, like room raiders. Oh, and yeah. that's all anyone really cares to talk about. So I yeah, I relate to that too. I, I feel like I've, anytime I mention to someone that I worked at Teen Mom, it's all they want to talk about. <laughs> I mean, MTV. why do you think that is? Why are why are people so uh enamored with these uh, arguably uh, bad shows <laughs> i and i know you love them you love to you right, love them do. but they're not no I, lo- I love we, these shows yeah. and also like y- y- you gotta know that i watched that show when i lived in libya so it's not even here it was big there Right, they wow. were international. Really? Smash, yeah, smash you were big in Libya. Oh yeah, Holy uh, shit. like all of my friends watched it. Like all of them are aware. I think they're gonna be so excited about this episode. That's <laughs> that's amazing. That's incredible. I really like that. That's that brings me joy. So you you co-created Room Raiders when you were twenty five years old. Is that right? I started, I think, around twenty four or twenty five. It was oh my, my first. Yeah, I was pretty young for that kind of responsibility. That's insane. Uh, but they, but don't worry, they took advantage of my youth and didn't credit me. <laughs> oh, thank God! Uh, as the co-creator, or give me any money, uh, which I should have probably asked for at the time. I, I was, uh, I came out of film school and I was working, kind of working, working my way up as a, as like a producer. So I was like uh, a coordinator on commercials, and then I was doing like short films. Uh, cause that's what I aspired to do as a director. I found a listing like randomly on this site called Mandy.com, mm-hmm. um, which was like a film and TV staffing site. And they're like looking for a director for a new show in development. I was like, I didn't, that was like, there was no details. I didn't know what it was. It was like, sure. Someone wants to pay me to direct something. I'll do that. And it was this British company called Granada, 
which was a division of ITV, which is a very big British yeah, uh, company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this this would have been their first uh, at the time their first American show. It was like their first like try doing something in the states, and they they had pitched a very loose concept to MTV, and they wanted an American director to to kind of spearhead it for them because they didn't have any Americans there at the time. Um, and I remember seeing my name on the interview list and there was like a typed list of like 12 or 13 names and then scribbled on the bottom of that list was just my first name, which is miles. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what those other people did to not get the job or what I did to get it, but I was clearly the last choice. I think maybe it, they turned the job down and I, yeah. I've also never yeah. heard, like seen a list of other people interviewing for a job. That's so scary. It was on the guy's desk. <laughs> Like, oh, Maybe it's no, like right. an intimidation text. <laughs> exactly. It's like all fake names. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they wanted you, but they were like, we want you to know your place. It's kind of like, yeah. it, you know, oh, we don't want you to yeah. have an ego. Right. So that you take it for no money. <laughs> It seems really passive aggressive for uh, British people, but maybe, I don't know. Could be. I don't know. You, I don't know how they never, work. Um, never know. Yeah. Wow. So for, for people who haven't, haven't seen the show, who are listening to us now? Yes. Would you would you mind describing us? What is the premise of the show? The premise of the show, uh, it, we called it a dating show, and ironically, we never really showed a date. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was like if, yeah, I, it was kind of crazy. It's like the first dating show where we didn't have to pay for a date. Uh, <laughs> we, it, I wish I could, I can't pitch it anymore. I guess I didn't really have to. I didn't sell it, but it was about it. It was like you would choose a a, a mate or someone to go out on a date with in the future, uh, not based on what they looked like, but just based on the contents of their room. Uh, and the sort of the fun hook of the show was we would literally kidnap, uh, teenagers and young people, throw them into a cargo van, um, and then drop off, uh, a, a, a prospective dater in their rooms while they watched on camera, um, and tear apart their rooms and find all of their unmentionables and take a black light <laughs> and see all of their terrible stains. The best that way to the, find uh, your soulmate, sense. really. And yeah, come stains yeah, every really episode. Is. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I really that I don't. It sold the show. Like if anything, to. really, because I did. I did three pilots. So I like oh, even wow. before the show got on the air. I worked on it for about a little over a year to get it off the ground. And that was all. That was like if one thing was like that, this will remain in the final. It was the blacklight. That's yeah. What oh really yeah. They sold That's the, the most iconic part of the show oh, yeah. for sure. But we couldn't get a powerful enough – like we would always show like this little portable like handheld blacklight thing, which you'd get in like a spy store and it was like you know $15. Um, there's no way that would show what we needed to show. So anytime we would do the blacklight scene, um, literally someone would take out this huge like t- like six-foot Kino flow type of bulb, this giant thing, and hold it behind the guy. Like you couldn't do what we – of course it was oh. fake basically. That's what I'm <gasps> saying. Reality TV is fake, guys. Wait, you're saying um, wow. that there was a real bigger blacklight behind the fake little handheld blacklight? An industrial strength, gigantic, wow. like three different bulbs. Yeah, it was it – was, enormous that's fascinating if i was if i was a teen and i was being told that i would be horrified (laughs) we're gonna see everything (laughs) exactly but okay correct me if i'm wrong with a black light like it would show every stain not just cum stains right like they assumed every stain was a cum stain but i'm like what if you like drool a little bit on your bed every now and then would those that would show up yeah Yeah. sweat i yeah yeah it seems unfair yeah don't ever take a black light to your room it is full (laughs) of it just looks it looks probably worse than it is or maybe it is that bad and you just don't need to see it. Right. Like either exactly. way, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, now since you mentioned that 
you never see the dates. I'm kind of realizing that that was sort of at a time and maybe it started that period of MTV shows where that was the case. Like we talked about next a couple of weeks ago, you never see the actual like yep. second date yep. that is like the whole goal of the mm-hmm. show and like date my mom and all those shows. It's all about picking someone to go on a date with, but we don't ever see. I'd like to, I'd like to take credit for that. If yeah. I could. Maybe we should. Uh, next came right after our show. That was like the, the guy who developed our show. Also, that was like his next big thing. So yeah. He was yeah. Inspired. That was 2005. Yes. Do you think that yeah. any couples from Room Raiders actually ended up together? <laughs> I know. I remember following up on one or two, and like they were like hookups, but I, I don't think there was like long term no relationships. If, you're, no if you're listening to this uh, episode <laughs> and you're still with the person that yeah. you found through Room Raiders, please reach out to us. Yeah, we would seriously. like to talk to you. That would be amazing. We'd like to hear about the divorce that happened <laughs> after we got together. Um, <laughs> So what was it like being at MTV at that time? What like what was the culture like and like what was it like being like a young person with so much like power at the show and what what other shows were sort I, of like being talked I about? I was there? in Yeah, no, I was insulated from MTV. I worked like Granada uh, the British company. They had an office of, of their own. So mm-hmm. I oh, okay. I would go to 1515. I would go there for some meetings, but for the most part I was left alone and would I would just get like notes from various different people throughout the entire process like i didn't have to do i they would come to set for the for the you know for for the pilot episodes and whatever but um i didn't have to deal with them too much the culture was still like seeped through i still got what they were looking for which was uh complete control and confusion in the development process Mm. (laughs) i i I, hannah i sent you some of the notes that went back and forth between myself and executives, and i was like remembering (laughs) my i was such a little shit um, okay, no, I still am. But I was like, I I didn't know that I couldn't be like, uh, guys, you can't just send me like contradictory notes. I'm like, you all have to get on the same page. I'm like, I'm sure that was that your first every- experience with network notes, right? I had never had network notes before, right. and so I was just being really like shit, not shitty, but just I mean. I was calling out their bullshit of just like, guys, they told me a, this guy told me B, you're going to have to decide a or B or yeah. someone fucking pony up. I was being really, um, can I curse on your yeah, podcast? You yeah. No children. I was being super cunty. Um, <laughs> and I didn't, and I don't, they kept me around. So I got lucky. I don't know. Maybe I was just cocky and why well, it's definitely cocky, but I just got lucky that they didn't get sick of me and get pissed <laughs> off. I was also working for nothing. So why would they get rid of me? Yeah. I was making true. no money. Yeah. Oh man. So when, when it comes to like finding the, uh, people to participate in the show, how do you usually go about that? We, very different from the pilot stage until we got to the casting stage. It was a very difficult process either way, because you, you had to trick the kid. Like we had to, we had to somehow scout them, find them, and then convince them to take us to their homes to do another interview. Mm. So there was like an initial, like finding the kids. I say kids. Some of them were in their twenties, obviously. Well, some of them were like uh, 17. We, they were truly yeah. kids. They were, living they were in their definitely some teenagers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so whenever I say kids, we're going to say between 17 and 25. Do that. <laughs> um, uh, so we would, we literally would go to malls like in suburbia in like Jersey and stuff and just like find like good looking kids who would look good on TV. Oh, and wow. be like, hey, you want to be in a new show? We, and it was, 
at, at the pilot stage, it was myself, my girlfriend at the time, who ended up sort of being like a script supervisor and a guy that you guys know, a guy named Clark Caldwell, who oh worked God. with us as well at Full Frontal. And it was just three of us. He was the shooter. I was the director. And my girlfriend was the script supervisor. And we literally would just troll the malls. You were just going up to up. hot teens and saying, like, you know, can I come teens. to your house? <laughs> it makes so much sense we were, now, though, that you were 25. Because oh, yeah. it was like a 45-year-old man just being like, hot teens. <laughs> What is your yeah. room? I was like? going to people <laughs> r- roughly the same age as me and asking them if they wanted to be on a TV show uh, at the time, which was still super weird and really, really hard to do. And then we would have to, we would have to be like, we want to do another interview. And then we couldn't tell them what the show was, obviously. And the pilot right. was more fun in a way because uh, they would, they couldn't have had any suspicion about what the show was. Right. Later seasons, the kids started to catch on. Um, but at the time, we're like, we can't tell you what it is, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a sort of a surprise on the day, but it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, we want to do another interview at your home. The interview at the home was just like, it was a ruse. It was literally just a way to get inside their house and their bedroom mm, and see what totally. the fuck was in there. So they didn't even know that the find... show had to do with rooms at all. Nope. Okay. They just nope, are not, like not MTV all. dating show. You'll find out. MTV dating show. You'll find out. And they wow. like, okay, sounds cool. Yeah. Have we you told them? nothing and have then you, you ever been to like a potential home and you saw the room or the home or something and you were like absolutely not well i we had that on an actual show in the first or second season i think i guess we had had a casting agency at that point and so they started doing this and maybe they didn't capture the essence of where this person lived but this person lived in a tough neighborhood and it wasn't a very nice place. And it was just sort of like, fuck, like we can't, like, it wasn't like TV friendly. It Mm -hmm. was a little sad to be frank. Like it wasn't like, Hey, we're going to show off my cool place. It was like, this is, this is a kid with a working class family. And they're like, got a lot of people living there. And how do we sell like, and okay, we got to shoot it. We have to shoot this thing. We have to make sense of it. We have to be positive about it. And luckily we had this all, we had an awesome girl who like saw like took to the challenge. Like, Hey, I told her like, this is not like some rich suburban kid's house. We're going to find really cool shit in here and you're going to sell it. And she's like, yep, let's do it. So like, we kind of like shot around, like, I didn't, we just didn't realize where we were, that it was like, yeah. oh, this is a tough neighborhood. Yeah. Like, this is a weird, this is a weird situation, but we would roll with stuff no matter what happened. For the, definitely there were kids who we didn't put on the show, like who had bad rooms. We're right. Just like, no, right. <laughs> was it like the rooms were just boring and empty or was it like, here's some Mostly weird shit. that. Yeah. Now the weird shit's all, that was what we were That's looking, what you for, want, looking yeah. for. Like, yeah, to a degree. I mean, we had... So we always would have to do like a, like we would have to do like a pre-scout like on the day when like we'd pull them out of their, their house, their room, we'd throw them in the van and then myself and the script soup would go and we would literally do like, we would do the first pass of the room ourselves just to see what the fuck was in there. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have to go back to the person and be like, okay, so we found your cocaine, we found your dildo, we found your blind, what, like, it, what can we, well, the drugs we couldn't show. So we'd be like, here, take your cocaine. You can't show this. They're like, do you want, then do you want us to show your dildo? Do you want us to show oh, your, wow. whatever you're embarrassed? So like stuff that we could show that wasn't illegal, we would ask permission yeah. for super sensitive shit. Oh, well, interesting. I feel like everyone for would have sometimes. said no, right? <laughs> I guess I feel like everyone <laughs> just had condoms and porn that got found. Yeah, condoms, porn. Yeah. Um, that so kind everyone, of shit. everyone was like proud to- of that. that yeah. <laughs> got that. It would be funny, I feel like, depending on the city that you're in, you'd be like, yeah, you can show my gun. That's fine. (laughs) 
Oh, please no, we show my gun. guns. Oh god. Oh no, we found a gun and we're like, sir, can you please? T-? And it was like, sir, at that point, like, sir, you need to take your gun. Oh my god. <laughs> Where can we put your gun? <laughs> you can't show a gun on MTV, I guess. No. 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 <laughs> I don't know. It's the I, you know I never. <laughs> You know, Hannah, I never asked, but I just kind of assumed this isn't going to fly. <laughs> I'm also like imagining like it's the America. person finding the gun oh and just being God. like, oh, and you have a gun. Uh, my dad loves guns. So I guess right. we can like. Uh, There's some like, yeah, <laughs> wordplay about it's like, ooh, you got a big gun. I wonder what else you got. That would be. Well, we, yeah, that would fit no, in. You'd be really good at producing reality TV. That's a, that's a good <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Was the first season like mostly just shot around New York, like in New Jersey or yeah. did you guys travel? Yeah, it was over? mostly, it was most, I think it was all Jersey at that point. The okay. first and second season was yeah. mostly Jersey. And then there were many um, iterations and spinoffs of the show over the years, everywhere else. Much to my chagrin. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. kind of amazed. It is. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are the expert in this, but at least the last I recalled, it was the longest running strip show in MTV history. I don't know if that's still true, but at the time it was the longest run because it ran over eight seasons as yeah. a strip show, not not a regular show. It does. It, it did run, yeah, over eight seasons, and also, yeah, I saw that there was in 2010 as like a a version Remainer in Stupido. Lithuania. <laughs> oh, oh, oh really? my god! Yeah, that's oh, amazing. Man. I don't know what's. I just love that someone in Lithuania saw it, and I was like, we need to bring this here. Didn't you say there was one for next too in Lithuania? Yeah. So they're just yeah. Lithuania is MTV shows. Absolutely. Wow. They're like we need this shit here. That's so. In- we need to watch all these Lith. We need a Lithuania episode of the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And also, tell us about the kidnapping process because that is so fascinating to me. I guess, like, I was always re- very scared about being kidnapped to be on Room Raiders as a kid watching it, even though obviously had not signed up for it. But <laughs> we just show up just, randomly one day. It seems like you might never know. Because <laughs> they do seem truly caught off guard and scared. But so they didn't know they were being put on Room Raiders. So did they really think they were they were like, what the hell's happening? Or did you kind of give them a heads up to be home that day? Sure. Or like how real and how scary was that process sure. for them? I mean, certainly for the pilot episodes and, and all of the first season and, and most of the second season, I would say they no one really knew. We were pretty good at, at, at subterfuge and we would just tell them like, hey, we're going to pick you up um, at 9 a.m. Uh, so just be ready to go like promptly at nine and then we'd show up at eight fifteen. Um, that was kind of, that was our trick was to yeah. show up like 45 minutes early and grab them and surprise them and like take, you know, hopefully they're in their boxer shorts and you know, they, they look disheveled and that's part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, we, I, I was a stubborn guy and like, I'm going to do the best version of reality show I can do. So I was like, I was, I didn't. I always wanted to make it as real as possible. So I can only speak to the first couple of seasons that no, as far as the episodes I did, the kids did not know. I just thought that they, you were, they had a suspicion. Yeah. Said it. I just <laughs> love that. You know what? It's, they should not have sent the military to uh, take Osama bin Laden. That they should have sent you guys because <laughs> you're so good at it. <laughs> so Osama, we're doing a dating show. <laughs> okay, let's see your room. Kind of freaky. You could use like a 36 wife. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my God. Are there uh, any episodes that you remember contestants that you are either your favorite or you're like, this is the worst kid I've ever had to deal with? Oh boy. I, it, it's, it's frankly a long time ago and it all kind of blurs together. Yeah. Um, I, 
I really I mentioned that girl who was like who rolled who rolled with the punches and was like a good soldier. Like I just mm-hmm. she had my admiration as <laughs> just like a really mature kid at the time. I was like, what a good kid. Uh, but they were a lot of pieces of shit. <laughs> we just yeah. Didn't want no, we saw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. You know how it is. We yeah. were that age. Oh, absolutely. We were also pieces of shit. At that, <laughs> <age>. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the dates. So you said that you never showed the date, but do you think has any date gone well enough that you guys spend the night, or was that never a thing? A uh, hell no. Uh, another thing I I had sent Hannah, which I'm sure you saw as well, was the schedule. Yes, that we shot. Um, so uh, for your listeners, we would probably start the day uh, around seven or eight a.m. and we'd probably finish around ten or eleven p.m. So fuck <laughs> staying any longer than we need to. Yeah, we would fake a date. We would fake them walking. We would get like a shot of them walking right. together, or chatting, or whatever, and smiling, or maybe holding hands or whatever. And like, all right, see you guys. Bye. Yeah, on your if own. You guys want to exchange numbers? That's on you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're going home. We're fucking tired. One thing that was so fascinating to me about the schedule that you sent us. Was I guess, and this is like a dull moment, but I never realized that they weren't watching the rating happen in real time from the back of the van because obviously, like you have to shoot it. <laughs> the, the, te- the technology didn't there? didn't exist, and this yeah. was why the days were brutally long, and why we had a script supervisor on set during a reality show, which probably doesn't to, happen oh, very often. So, but. what? How did that work? Did they? Where did they go while their room, rooms were being raided? And then, like, how did you show them the footage so quickly? It was it was a maddening process, and it was really just like a, as fast as we can. So they're running through the room, and we're we're and we're double covering everything. So we're shooting them do it, and then we're shooting POV of them do it. So we have to do note. We I was doing like extreme notes. That we're both doing notes. Me and my script soup and the talent are in the room with the with the DP. So there's basically four of us, uh, or the script soup would be outside watching on a little monitor as well. Um, we would be taking furious notes on everything that was fun noting the time code when it happened um when we got the tape um we we showed them the next day by the way i don't know if that was clear as well we did we did all of the rating day one day two of the shoot we faked and date because we just couldn't do it all you can't travel to three locations and do a full shoot in three different houses and then do more right so we would do a day two and day two was back in the van we're going to shoot all day in the van with the kids and you just park the van in a parking lot wherever and just shoot it basically uh, so wow we get all these trucks like it was all karaoke fake. it's all fake no one's really driving it's all things. fake no one's driving um uh and yeah and then so we had like a night and a morning to figure out what are we going to show these kids and we're literally it was on tape wasn't digital they're on little mini dv tapes and so we would be fast forwarding to the different time codes that we had written down the day before just to get the reaction so we'd go through the boring shit and then sync it up somehow it was a messy fast forwarding like a vhs to show them effectively yeah it was it was a long shitty process and which is why we made sure to always have beer in the van for the uh for the kids oh that's nice and then they choose the date after that on the second day that yeah that day they would choose a date okay bring back the Mm -hmm. uh the 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 guy or the girl yeah yeah. and were there ever because in the the pitch stuff you sent me which was so interesting you and the network were sort of going back and forth about like documentary integrity of it all which i thought is so interesting like if (laughs) What if none of the people actually like the guy? Like, would you encourage them or were you more in the camp of like, then that's what the episode is if like there's not 
a real date that I, happens, you know? I was more in the in the latter, but uh, look, MTV also was just like, I mean, they were right. I was stubborn and like trying to be purist, but they were right. Like, no, you just have to fucking tell them what to do and tell them what to say. And I never told them. I interviewed those kids. I never fed them a single line, and I'm really proud of that. Nice. But it also took longer, and it was harder. And feeding <laughs> them lines is a staple of reality TV now. I don't know why I was so stubborn, but I always thought my episodes were the best, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, MTV was very just like, no, just have them pick this guy, have them pick that guy. And we'd always shoot alternates. Like We'd always shoot like, what if you pick? And I would talk to the person. If she didn't like anyone, I would just tell them, like, just pick this guy on camera. Like we just tell them, like you just you don't have to go on a date with them. You're not going on a date with them. Just right? Like, you don't have you don't legally have to date them. You don't now. legally have to. So yeah, we, I, there was definitely moments where people were like I don't like any of these fucking guys, and we're like, uh, pick this guy because no one will expect it. It'll be a good episode. Right. Right. So there was, yeah. Oh yeah, and there were there were like casting archetypes. Right. There was like the obvious oh, choice. Yeah. The comic relief. Mm-hmm. This was also in the pitch doc. Yeah. Comic relief and wild card. <laughs> How like did you guys yes. stick to that usually? Yeah. No, that was, that was, from, that was from the original pitch. I yeah. mean, yes. Cause I, I never mean, noticed that I get, vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you don't know what you're getting when you sit in a Jersey mall and ask a bunch of kids if they want to be on camera. You don't True. really like, so I don't know. We were yeah. just happy to have like, like just fresh bodies around. Just like, here, go shit in this van for an entire day. I know. Some, I've, some episodes, it? I'm just like, every kid is a wild card. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that makes for a good episode. Yeah. They also got good. Like, I think as reality TV took off and we were kind of at the start of the beginning of this wave, like kids knew to perform. They knew that if they wanted it to be fun and talked about, like they could act out a little bit more. And I think kids started to figure that out as we got into the later seasons and mm-hmm. all of reality TV became that became like, you want to, you want this thing to work? You have to perform. Right. You have to actually do something fun. It is. It's just always wild watching a show that was pre social media, pre Instagram. Cause it's, it does seem like it's a different type of person who's not clearly just there to become an influencer. Yeah. I can't imagine I can't imagine those kids sitting in a van the whole day without it. Like they didn't have a phone. They just like sat and just like Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Just drank there was beer. No phone. There was no distract. <laughs> they drank beer and watched video that we queued up for them. Oh my gosh. Slow. That's so funny. Yeah, I don't I don't think I could make it like that. No. Uh, you know. <laughs> Were there any other like reality TV shows that you've you've also worked on? Yeah, what'd you do yeah. post, post Room Raiders, pre-Daily Show? God, I can't remember exactly what my other show was. I did I did a show called, um, oh God, it was a precursor to the Kardashians. Uh, no, I'm forgetting. Oh, Gastineau Girls. Oh, yeah. You ever watched Gastineau Girls? I, I remember that. I did the second that. season of Gastineau Girls, and that was... See that's an example to me, and I don't want to bad, bad math the girls. They're 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 very nice people, but I don't. I think they thought <laughs> the, that their the job was just the, the girls. <laughs> I like they didn't like what the Kardashians got. I was talking to someone about this the other day. What the what they understand is like this is a job. You show up and you do your job. Yeah. You show up and mm-hmm. you perform. We're performers. We're putting on a show. And uh, uh, Lisa and Brittany, the Gastineau girls, the mom and daughter team, they just thought, oh, you just follow us around with a camera. And I'm like, no, that's why the show ultimately no one gave a shit about it because they didn't want to show up to work. They're just like, they would literally like tell us the wrong place to be so we wouldn't be there. Oh my God. I'm gosh. like, you don't get it. Like, this is your, you're being paid like a yeah. lot of money to show up for us to film you. So uh, that was kind of a weird yeah experience and then i was on camera for that because i quit on camera in a huff and then it was really really, it was really tense yeah 
That's amazing. We need to find that footage. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have. I do have that somewhere. I have that. I have Send to it that. to us. Um, what, I you did quit because they were shows. being difficult, or we were we were on location. Where were we? we were on location in Miami? And Lisa, the mom, was date. Okay, I remember she was dating a guy who I think was still with somebody at the time. Hmm. So like she, they couldn't be on camera. He couldn't be on camera. I'm like, why the fuck are we here? It's like we spent all this money to shoot you in Miami, and we had a private jet and blah 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 and all this shit. Oh, and she's like, well, you can't shoot us at dinner. You can't shoot us. I'm like, well, what? So. It got to, it just like we came to a head and like <laughs> me and my us uh, and and the serious producer and like my product, we all started just getting on camera fighting like wow. often in episodes. That's, that sounds like, really good. That's breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like we, they we got excited about that. We thought we would like stick and then we're like, no, it's stupid. No one cares about us. <laughs> no, Teen Mom did that too. When I was on Teen Mom, it was like a whole thing where in the reboot that I worked on. The difference was that they would break the fourth just, wall and they would have the producers Penny. be characters because the girls at that point didn't really have any other like real friends. Yeah. <laughs> so you just, you scared me. I didn't realize that you worked on Teen Mom and you just said what I was on Teen Mom. And I said, oh, that oh, I, I was a Teen Mom. Kids. Yes. I just <laughs> thought that you didn't know that I was I, my heart featured just, as a character on Teen Mom. We never talk wow. about it. <laughs> That's so interesting. Good for you. <laughs> wow. No, I was an associate producer. So my job was basically to just uh, call restaurants and beg them to let us film there. And I had to, I also was like, it's just an MTV documentary style show about girls' lives. <laughs> Not tell them the name of the show because no one wanted to let us film there. But yeah, the producers would like fight TV. the girls on camera too. And because they oh, would really? refuse to film because they had been on the show for like, 10 years or something at that point so they oh, had wow. yeah, yeah they were like did you ever get on camera there. fighting them i was were no you, i was only in the background of shots just like taking b-roll notes <laughs> 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 not important enough to fight with anyone <laughs> <laughs> oh man good times though so aside, aside from room raiders is there like any mtv show that you can think of that you're like i either wish i came up with this or i would have enjoyed working for this show I mean, <clears throat> I certainly would have loved to spend a day on the set of Jackass. I mean, that just looks like a fascinating uh, cult sure. of people to, to hang out with and to, to be in danger with, I guess. <laughs> uh, I didn't like reality TV. I'd never wanted to do reality TV. I took the gig because it, someone was paying me to direct. Like, I had the director yeah. title. Mm -hmm. And so when I took the job, it was just like, well – let's like let's let's learn from this like how would i do a reality show how mm -hmm. would i shoot this like let's just try to like fill up the the toolkit and figure some new shit out so i can't say i was a huge fan i ended up pitching them a, another show a documentary style show which they 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 approve we were going to do it and then i got the daily show gig and <gasps> i chose the daily show over what? doing my own show for mtv what yeah. was the show going to be it was called I'm Not Famous, and it was kind of inspired by my time. I did a lot of um, music videos, and I would always shoot in like like cool neighborhoods, and but kids who just had never seen like a big film set before would always come running around, and like you know they'd be excited, and there'd be big trailers, and big st Buster Rhymes is there, and Puff Daddy, who was called Puff Daddy at the time because I'm <laughs> old, and um, I was like, wow, these kids, some of these kids don't realize that like. 
there's a whole industry here that they could work in. Like if they love music, they can work in like a hundred different jobs. If they love basketball, they can work in a hundred different jobs. If they love tea, like whatever it is. So I, I envisioned this show where you would like follow, you would not follow the star of something. You would follow uh, Puff Daddy, for instance. And then you would, but you wouldn't follow him. You'd follow his publicist and you'd follow, you'd follow his his personal chef and you'd follow his uh his producer mm. and you'd see like oh there's all these really cool stuff. so it was like my, my my attempt at doing like an educational show on mtv that and they somehow cool. they bought it that's really interesting yeah i thought it'd be a really fun like look at at like i don't know like people just see celebrity and they think that's all there is that right. like, oh i'm gonna be a basketball player i'm gonna be this i'm gonna be that i'm like well you're five seven you're probably not gonna be a basketball <laughs> player but you could be a sports therapist right you could be an agent <laughs> there's all these other cool fucking jobs you can do so i wanted to kind of be like this positive like, yeah it didn't, it didn't occur to me that like tv writer and tv producer were jobs until i watched 30 rock in college and i was like oh i want to do that <laughs> <laughs> you know you should have hit two birds with one stone and just been like Come and follow me as I work for The Daily Show. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we'll never show you Jon Stewart, but you can watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, I still remember where I was and what I was doing when Puff Daddy announced that he was changing his name to P. Diddy. Or sorry, he went from Puffy, Puff Daddy to Puffy and then from Puffy to P. Diddy. So the Puffy to P. Diddy change, I remember where I was as if it was like a life event, like 9-11. It is a life event. <laughs> yeah, it is a life event. Yeah. <laughs> It was huge. Everyone for, lost for him that day. Yeah, not, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it, it changed me. <laughs> he hasn't changed his name in a while, that guy. Diddy. Is he, he's, Diddy. he's Diddy? He's Diddy still. Okay. He's, yeah, he's now Diddy, he's Diddy. Yeah. 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 yeah, he's landed on that. I yeah, think. I feel like everyone was like, stop. No one cares. <laughs> stop doing it. It's not going to be news anymore. <laughs> totally. So... We watched a couple episodes of Roommaters, okay. ones that were readily available to us on YouTube. Um, and this one, the first one we watched, it I believe it was from season one. So you yeah. would have conceivably worked on it uh, with Psycho Steve. <laughs> did that, did, you, did that one ring a bell? I didn't, I didn't work with Psycho Steve. I don't, I think I know who directed it. I think that might have been Fergal's episode. I can't recall who it was, but no, I didn't get the. Oh, it was Sarah Steve. Nichols, I, actually, who I also, that's how I know you through her. I oh, saw that. Really? They had the credits on that. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah's the one Sa- that yeah. referred she's me. She's my, she, I love Sarah. She's wonderful. She's, she's great. excellent. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get into the episode. Yeah. Shall we? So get into yeah. the episode. I haven't seen it in a while, so you'll have to refresh my memory. We, we, <laughs> we will. will. <laughs> we will. <laughs> well, the first episode we have this, uh, a young lady named Liz from Jersey mm-hmm. and she's looking for a guy who's down to earth, but confident and she studies engineering. And she, yeah, she's in college and she describes her hobbies as ATV racing and partying. Which I feel like is like the perfect MTV casting archetype. I feel where, like everyone was into was ATV. This was this Jersey. was in Jersey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, in Jersey, must have really hit the hit the rural area of Jersey. <laughs> Every everyone who lived in Jersey at some point was on Room Raiders, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, I just yeah, remember the, staying close to Jersey City. I, hey, where were they? AT? Well, okay, sorry. Well, actually, Go on, it's interesting about where they were because of the three guys. They show them going to all three houses. One of the houses, like feet of snow on the ground, and it's like blizzarding. And then the other two houses, the grass is green in the yard. I'm like, 
Is this man living in a different time zone? What's happening? Yeah, it was like literally like they went into an alt universe yeah. to film with him. <laughs> like I, I'm sure they didn't film it like months later. No. It's just truly like very mm, different weather. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they did. Maybe they did. <laughs> that would be crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't true. put it past us. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think he just lived in Narnia. That was an explanation. <laughs> this episode was very special because it did not only have a guy named Steve, it had two guys. Two Steves, which is why Steve. one of them, yeah, had to go by Psycho, psycho Steve. Steve. There was a regular was, Steve and a Psycho Steve. Uh, what made Psycho Steve a uh, Psycho exactly? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. He says, <laughs> hey, can, we call, can we call people Psycho anymore? We oh, can't. Gosh. Right? That's not. So you, could, you couldn't. Probably do, not. You can do that on television no. then? Not now. Medically <laughs> schizophrenic <laughs> Steve. <laughs> I hope he's okay now. I Steve. hope he's okay. So he said, my friends call me Psycho Steve because I'm just a crazy guy, man. I'll do things in public that no one else would. I'll do peel outs, which I guess is like driving around and, and like making hard turns in the car. This reminds <laughs> me This reminds me of that meme of that lady who has a chips bag on her head. Oh, and yeah. Says, she's so she's crazy. She's so crazy. I love her. <laughs> he's just a crazy guy, man. <laughs> Psycho Steve. <laughs> And then he Steve must have number been two. So happy. <laughs> Sorry, at the I was just thinking he must be such a big Fast and Furious fan. Like he must be so excited right now for the new one to come out. Like, oh, he's yeah. still psycho, Steve. He's and definitely. I, and I love that he said, "I want everything from this woman, and in return, I'm gonna give her everything." I'm like, "You live with your parents. Yeah. What are you gonna give her?" Absolutely. <laughs> Two out of the three guys in this episode lived with their parents. I would say in the show, from what I remember watching in general. 90% of people on the show lived with their parents. So, yeah. cause they're like, of course they would. They're 18, 19 years old. Like, was it ever like we college have, dorms or? I, yeah, we did some college episodes where it was college dorms, but with the parents, it was hard because we had to get their permission too. Cause right. I mean, when we did the, we didn't tell the parents either what we were doing at first. <laughs> so we can have their kid and then have to go tell their parents. You didn't tell them at all. <laughs> I don't, at least who's in my at house first now. Yeah. We were just like, no. We just we kidnap your kids. We're going to take them away and we're going to go into your house with a camera. Suck it's it. <laughs> so funny, too, because it's like those kids have little to no say about the decoration of those houses and often the rooms, really. Like, yeah, that's yeah. like, yeah, my parents <laughs> did, I know. did all these. But yeah, so they, Chris lives in a house by himself because I think he's like 25, a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, and he works for the United States Coast Guard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a laid back. Laid back man, he says. I know it's so he funny. Must, he must have won, right? He did Spoiler win. Spoiler alert, he does. Yes. Which is so funny. I'm like, I've never, I can't remember the look episode. At this. I'm this just saying, like, Coast Guard lives by himself. Well, I'm yeah. going to lose by himself, Coast Guard. I'm like, that's, you know, that's two out of nothing compared to the other guys. So. <laughs> yeah, because the second Steve literally was so obsessed with Superman. Oh, yeah. This, you would remember this room. He had like Superman posters everywhere. everywhere. He, he's, he, he described himself and said, I am Superman. Yeah, he seemed a bit. He seemed like the psycho Steve to me. Exactly. His entire room, it was like Superman bedspread, Superman posters covering 100% of the walls, Superman t-shirts, all of his clothes in his closet were Superman themed. Like, I would have been terrified to walk into that room. Nothing <laughs> nothing gets a, a lady more hot and bothered than Superman sheets. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a twin bed, of course. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was such a small bed. And I love that when they, like, the three of them see her uh, for the first time. Oh, yeah. Steve says, not bad. <laughs> and then one of the guys says, well, she's she's beautiful. And he's like, 
not bad. Not bad. I'm like, this is, she's going to see this. It's not bad. <laughs> she, it's not a good description of a person. <laughs> oh, like in the camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so she goes to Psycho Steve's house first and she immediately finds his nude Playmates magazine uh, and t- a toilet paper roll next to his bed, which the guys give him a little bit of shit for. But he says it's for blowing his nose. Yeah. And you know what? I believe him. I believe him too. Sometimes I do that too. <laughs> I don't own tissues. I only use. Yeah, what? It's paper, the, it's so, a scam. Yeah. It's the same same thing. Except the same, yeah. same you shouldn't thing you buy both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like the night. Also, like she found like men perfume and women perfume right in his room, and then she was like, "Oh, I guess he has a lot of ladies around." And he was like, "This is my mom's perfume. <laughs> I just like to mix it with my <laughs> perfume because it makes it smell better." <laughs> Oh my gosh. So then, yeah, so then Steve number two is the Superman house, Superman room. (laughs) And that's at his parents' house. He also has a lot of bodybuilding posters and bodybuilding magazines and like supplements because he's very into. Was he in good shape? Was he fit? Uh, Kind of. Like he didn't like look like a big bodybuilder buff guy, but. Yeah. Could he take the Coast Guard guy though? Because the Coast Guard Mm. has to be fit for his job. No, that's true. Probably not. Yeah, the Coast Guy looked stronger. Yeah. Because Steve's probably, it's probably all like glamour muscles, you know? Exactly. And he also had like dolphins (laughs) all around the house. Oh, he did have dolphins. Yeah. It was so funny because like she said, a lot of dolphins, dolphins decorations. I like that. And he out loud said, you know you want me. It's like, those are definitely like his mom's decorations. But he, yeah, he's got a one track mind. (laughs) So then they go to Chris's house who lives alone, which it is like a tiny and ugly house. But yeah, still. Also, his room is so gray. It's a serial killer's room. There's nothing in it. No decorations except for one computer. Yes. Very old computer that she goes on and immediately porn comes up. So I guess you caught him during his 8.15 a.m. porn sesh. <laughs> or that's just his background. No, but this is what, this is what life, is, life is lonely on the boat out there. So you just gotta, <laughs> gotta take care of yourself before you but, hit the seas. But this is why he said to the guys, he was like, my landlord comes in and uses my computer sometimes. You get like this agreement that he can do it. I don't ever use this computer. Yeah. So was, all right. All right. He's holding here's, it for here's a friend. The thing. It, this was 2003. Yeah, to find a, a fast enough computer to have, por- I, I'm just saying he, there might be some truth to this. <laughs> it was the neighborhood it might, computer. It was a neighborhood. It was a neighborhood <laughs> black box. Porn in his yeah. bedroom. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's what life was like in 2003. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my brother fighting over Sims on the basement computer. Chris and his landlord just jerking off together. Yeah, he's like waiting for the picture to like line by line reveal itself like a cabaret show. Oh my yeah. god, I know. The website was called Erotic Access and it did look like extremely, extremely 90s, like internet 1.0. Yeah. It was amazing. Very, very soft, very fuzzy pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just like Times New Roman font with <laughs> just an image underneath. <laughs> and then they went to Liz's house. Yeah. So which they, was a nice house. Yeah, so they yeah. all get to raid... Was the, is them raiding her room on the first day of shooting, or does that happen after? Wait, they all raided her room? Yeah, yeah. Am I forgetting the rules? I think I'm I think that rules. usually happens, that yeah. after, before she picks the date, the three of them usually get to go look around in her room. 
I'm literally can't recall that. <laughs> yeah, because she all, what, what she Jesus. does, they raid her room, and then she goes to her room, finds them all like looking around, right? And then oh, she breaks right. up okay. with two of yes. them. Yeah, and the one yeah, guy okay. in the and while they're raiding her room, he of course puts on her bra, puts her thong on his head, and then she comes in and he just leaves it on. Yeah, he does <laughs> not like, take it off. That was Psycho Steve, of course. You know what? Now, now I remember the episode. <gasps> really? <laughs> I did because oh I feel gosh. like I remember someone like someone pulling me into an edit at some point, and be like, hey, "You want to check this out? I think this is pretty good." So I was like, yeah, "That's pretty funny." Psycho Steve was a star. He knew. He knew what to do on he camera. Knew. He knew what to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then she picked the uh, the Coast Guard guy. She did. Yeah. Surprisingly, she, she was like, "You have a job. You have your own place, <laughs> and you can, I don't you're know." You're gonna to afford tell you. your own porn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, they kind of did find her porn too. When they're raiding her room, they find a VHS called "Sexual Positions: The Video." <laughs> Post the audiobook. What was porn back then, you guys? <laughs> and then, Just an instructional video, I maybe. I don't know. And they're so funny because their date basically they went and sat in a hot tub. Yeah, they showed. They did show a little bit of that date. Oh. They're in a, a hot tub, in oh. I guess his. So, but she had a hot tub. Oh, she had a hot tub. Yeah, she lived tub. with her parents, and she seemed like pretty rich. Yeah, she had a hot tub, and they sat in it, and then they were both. They said, "This is really cool." <laughs> yeah. And that was that was the, the whole conversation. So was, soulmates, yeah. soulmates. Yeah. Clearly, that's all. Yeah. You, that's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other episode we watched was with the star Zac Efron. Zac Efron. Yeah, yeah. So I guess this was when you guys started doing celebrity guests, but still pretty early on because it was Zac Efron. Pre-high school musical fame, he was apparently, I didn't even remember this, he was on a show called Summerland, maybe on like the CW or something. And so he was 17 years old. And so it was like Room Raiders, like celebrity guest edition or whatever. And so he got to choose the dates. That must have been the third, I think it must have been like the third or fourth season, I think they said. Yeah, because it wasn't wasn't in Jersey. Yeah, it was like California. California. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was real world. Yeah. Yeah, it was California. I did see a couple of uh, minutes from that, and it was so weird to see him without like muscles. I like, know he's, he's just a little this, baby. Like, yeah, this little this little boy. Yeah, he was. But he's, he's a cute boy. He cute was kid. cute, and he was he was a little ham on camera for this episode. It was very funny. Effort, the first thing he says is, "My dream girl would look like a younger Catherine Zeta Jones." So that pretty much makes me a younger Michael Douglas. Wow. Which- <laughs> I mean, he's thirty five now. <laughs> I guess they can date. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Yeah, I just, go, see just it. go for it. Yeah. yeah. Just go for Catherine Zeta. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but it's this I mean, we'll get to the but like, this is a funny episode because they he raided all of their rooms, mm-hmm. but they did not get to go to his house. Did not allow them to raid Zach Efron's room. So I guess they didn't that, always do is that. Is that on part. camera or they just they just don't mention it and just No, the they, no meet, they don't yeah. mention it. They, they just meet, meet them at the beach. beach. Yeah. I guess it wouldn't be fair if you yeah. celebrity yeah, privacy. Yeah, they're probably like, eh, it's not going to fucking happen. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, yeah. like compared to the like girls' room, it's just going to be like an insane house somewhere. I know. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, damn. Yeah, like he has more than one room that you can raise. I, <laughs> I doubt he was that room. rich at the time, but yeah, yeah, but still, That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they had like three women in this, and it was you know they were like all young. There was Karen; she was nineteen, worked at a bank, which just seems too young. It to does work seem at a young bank. to work at, a, work at a bank, yeah. And her thing was that she writes poetry, and I liked the uh, in her introduction shot. 
they show her standing next to a, a moving train reading her poetry. Yeah. <laughs> Which was bad. It was, it it was, was a bad poetry. Bad but poetry. she also said that I love hip-hop dancing. It's fun. So I'm really good at shaking my ass. <laughs> Guys think it's pretty intimidating mm. to dance with me or any other friends because we're too good. <laughs> she can so wait, Is this the same one as a banker? Yeah, oh, yeah. She's, also she's a, all sorts ass? of things. Oh. She's a banker. She's a poet. Yeah. She's a hip-hop dancer. She's a joker. She's a smoker. Um, I bet she's still a banker. <laughs> you bet she's a, Yeah. 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 I, well, she's like a branch sure. manager. I'm Famous poet, well. maybe. No. <laughs> and then Katie, who describes herself as beach bum and professionally has no idea what she wants to do with her life. Yeah. But as for right now, she's just doing what she wants. And that's honesty from a 19-year-old. I, I really respect that. Yeah. yeah. And she had a very nice house, I remember. She did. And her whole thing, her whole identity on the show was being a virgin, which they mm. made her talk about often which yeah, reality tv still does all the time now anytime there's a virgin on like the bachelor it's all they let them talk about which feels gross it is gross it's yeah, like you're not gonna intrusive. fuck someone on room raiders yeah exactly <laughs> were now was she like a was it is just she just hadn't had sex yet or was it, or did she make it part of her identity was it just like i'm like i'm a christian i'm a virgin this is i'm waiting till i'm married or was it just like no i just haven't gone around to it I, yeah i yeah, feel like she, she didn't really say it was like for a specific reason it was probably like feasible that she's just like yeah not i haven't yet <laughs> just hasn't happened yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a child <laughs> and they're just like behind the camera keep keep talking about that like, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell us in detail <laughs> and then they had that the RL who's just like 18 teaches cheerleading, cheerleading and he loved yeah. that he loved the cheerleader yeah <laughs> but then he went goes to the rooms and it's so funny the first room he goes to he i mean it's just like a nice you know it's mm-hmm. it's a nice uh, house but the first thing he said he sees the couch and he's like this looks like a furniture from my grandmother yeah and i'm like you don't have to say that he was sassy yeah <laughs> he's a little sassy and judgy um, oh, yeah. So the first one, he does find her poetry and he reads it out loud and he says, <clears throat> this is what she wrote. This is her poetry. Writing, randomly expressing thought until a sudden answer is exposed from an accidental organization of your own jumbled mind. And then Zac Efron goes, what? That's deep. That's cool. I like creative people. <laughs> I'm an actor, so we would probably get along because you're an artist. And then he immediately goes through her underwear drawer. Yeah, because he's an artist. Because he's an artist. He's a poet. He's everything. <laughs> but then he, this is what he did not like about her is that he found her hairbrush and her hairbrush surprisingly had hair in it. And he did not like that. What? Yeah, he said that yeah. was That's extremely outrageous. gross, which, yeah, on any given day, someone would find in my hairbrush. Yeah. I think I was an absolute monster. He takes the hair out of her hairbrush also and then just like leaves it on the dresser. He's yeah. like, gross. <laughs> and then just walks away doesn't throw it away or anything but he also did the thing so he went to, into his drawer her drawer and he found the underwear and there were one that had animal prints on it and he said my mom loves animal prints mm-hmm. and then he said i would like to see this on my mom <laughs> yeah he did he brought up like, his why mom would, a lot wow. why would you say that yeah like a cheetah print mm-hmm. thong reminded him of his mom <laughs> I want to Google his mom now. Well, she looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So then he goes to the second house, which is Katie and her room. He, well, first of all, her parents have a pool in the backyard with a water slide. 
which he loves. He's obsessed with that. That's yeah. his he favorite thing he's ever yeah. seen because he's a kid. And then in her room, he's, he takes issue with a few things. The first thing is that she has her name everywhere. Like she has little like letter blocks and signs and like frame <laughs> things that just say Katie, which like I feel like that's like common for a kid to have in their room. Yeah. And course. he's like, wow, you have mirrors and you have your name everywhere. Are you self-obsessed <laughs> or self-absorbed? Yeah. <laughs> And that, yeah, he did not like that about her at all. And then he, I love that he found also like her high school diploma. And he was like, well, I guess that means she's educated. She has a high school diploma. Oh, yeah. He's like, I like older women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and in, in that, he also finds a trophy for second place middle school life science. And he says, I didn't like the trophy. It makes me think she's a brainiac and spends all her time doing schoolwork. She only got second place and it was middle school, my dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he, a, he's just so funny. Did me. you guys tell them that they had to come up with like a positive and negative thing to say about every room? Because it, sometimes it felt like, yep. like, what are you talking yep. about? <laughs> yep. Definitely seemed like they were grasping yeah. at straws to find positive things sometimes too. Yeah, that was part of our job. It was just like, fuck, how do I spin this? Yeah. What do I do? These places are shithole. Right. Oh, like <laughs> just, I remember in the first just, first episode, the girl saying a positive thing about the Superman, creepy Superman room. She was like, oh, well, I liked that you're ambitious, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> what? <laughs> you would like to fly one day. <laughs> you got positive role models in your life. <laughs> positive male role model. <laughs> no, yeah. And then, you know, he goes to the third room. Third room was just normal, I think, right? Yeah, the cheerleader's room. And, yeah. yeah. He says oh, it looked comfortable. Yeah. This was interesting because she did have a picture of herself in the room, but then there was a sticker put over her face. So, like, he could tell she had a banging body, according to him, but he just couldn't see what her face looked like. Did you guys usually get rid of, like, all photos and stuff? That or? was... I feel like that... I, yeah, I feel like we showed that. No, we purposely put stickers over faces so they could mm-hmm. see the faces. So, I thought that was in, like, the intro. Maybe it's not, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we covered all the faces. We took out things that can identify them. And yeah, so that, that makes sense. Yeah. But he could still Mystery see she solved. was a, a hot cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He held one. I love Seems- that he sometimes he goes through like their like wardrobe and he held the most nor- normal shirt ever. And he was like, "I'm digging your style." And he was like, "It's a red T-shirt. It's literally nothing." Yeah, <laughs> I guarantee. I guarantee you that was a producer note. Like, I right, just find something. Just yeah. hold up. I don't care. <laughs> It's like red. That's hot. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. like that. I'm thinking about that sticker thing and how fucked up that is. Now I'm like, well, you can't see their face, but you can see their body. Yeah, and then you could choose. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's just up. like choose a girl by their body. Then yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah. who he yeah. picked. It is who he picked. Yeah, he's like, she seemed like a yeah. hot cheerleader. Honestly, yeah. And then they walked uh, on the beach. They held hands. And <laughs> that was I, their date. And then I assume he was like, never talk to me again. Never speak to me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely not. But it was so I'm funny. Sure. I'm sure. During the elimination ceremony or whatever, he gives his reasons for not picking the other two girls. And for the first one, he says it was the most disgusting hairbrush he's ever seen. And it was full of hair. And that was his reason. And she she gets so defensive. And she said, I have a lot of friends that come over and use my stuff. Sorry. And he's like, so it wasn't your hair? And he's like, she was like, well, maybe some of it. I don't know. <laughs> like it's okay that you have hair in your hairbrush. Don't let Zach Efron tell you otherwise. What, what do you think the story that the person who didn't get uh, uh, chosen by Zach Efron tells? 
<laughs> right. Like I, I think the person who got chose for the, like would like, like she probably tells a story and it's fun, but what yeah. is the person like? I once didn't win a date with Saka. Like, what do you do? In right. That do you, you just have never, to live with never that? Never tell and, the story. And they probably weren't anticipating he was going to get as famous as he did. Yeah. <laughs> no. I no. I imagine like because like I went and I saw like who he has dated through the years, mm-hmm. and I imagine every time he broke up with someone, it was on the news. These room raiders girls are just like, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> yeah, the girl that went this, on a date with him. I was like, in the same position once. <laughs> I was his first. Like, he was such a jerk to me when we dated on Room Raiders. Yeah. Because then the other girl who he eliminates for having her name everywhere in her room and mirrors in her room was like, my mom picked out those decorations. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whatever. Like, like they the all house were came like that. Extremely defensive. And he was just like, oh, okay. Oh, well. <laughs> I was like, I didn't, that wasn't really why. <laughs> I yeah. just wanted to date the cheerleader. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to do the game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So game slash like just like prompt question. We yeah. wanted to do what, <laughs> what would you very much not want someone to find in your room if you were suddenly on Room Raiders? Oh, no. <laughs> I was <laughs> actually thinking, what they really need to do a, an adult Room Raiders. For oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Like four, like 40 plus year olds. <laughs> Absolutely. Awful. I mean, for me, honestly, so the amount of socks under my bed. Mm. it's like insane amount like i am i got into the habit of just like i see a sock and instead of just like putting it in the closet i'll just kick it under the bed and i looked yesterday and i was like oh i see now i didn't have to go to target and buy more socks all of them are here all of my socks yeah and they would because one of the party yeah one of the things in the spy kit was like a thing to prop up your bed and look under your bed and the episodes we watched they were like no one had an actual bed frame. So everyone's bed yeah. was supported by like cinder blocks. It's like this tracks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they would find those socks and they'd be like, what is he doing? I know. And also like <laughs> my cats go under and they just like sleep there. Mm-hmm. So these socks have a lot of cat hair on them as well. So it's just like the worst, truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bought a vacuum uh, today. So I'm going to go through them. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, a new big... one. I had one before. <laughs> <First> <laughs> this vacuum. is not the first time I'm vacuuming. <laughs> okay Anna what's yours Uh, mine is sock related too I was because I was just thinking how they go through everyone's drawers and I have a very bad habit of for socks and underwear like taking one out and being like this is so old it's falling apart it has holes in it I can't wear it and then I just put it back in the drawer rather than (laughs) throw it away because and it's all like subconsciously happening in my brain I'm like you never know when I'm gonna need it I don't know like I could (laughs) There could be a nuclear war, and then I'll need every sock I have. That makes sense. <laughs> and I can't me. be picky, but I should just throw them away. So they would, yeah, probably think I was a slob for that. I also very much wouldn't want someone to find my planner, like for oh, no, yeah. like, really embarrassing reason. It's just like that's where I write my daily to do lists. And I feel like that feels very, like, yeah. vulnerable <laughs> for anyone to see. Yeah, I want grocery <laughs> shopping. Yeah. Just- like, I hide that when anyone comes over because I'm like, if they look at that. And see that I, like, write down, like, go buy toilet paper or whatever. You don't want people, like, to know that you're a human just like us. No, exactly. Yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> I get that. You got to keep some mystery. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, Miles, what's yours? 
This is weird. Uh, I thought of it because I, I had a, uh, it was Passover recently and I was at my, um, I have a, a family relative and, and they, they have a very, very expensive apartment. They have a very, very nice place and they're wonderful people and, and they're showing us their new place and it's like the closets, the size of, you know, people's bedrooms kind of place. And, um, in my closet that the weekend after, after that, I put up, I was really kind of proud of myself because I, I have these like, really tiny closets in my queen's apartment. And I, I installed some bungee cords to keep all the blankets from not falling over. <laughs> Smart. And I'm like, and I, I just had this thought. I said to my wife, I said, what, what would they think if we were like, cause like, she's like, oh, look at our closets and, and they weren't bragging. They were like, we wanted to see the place. They're very nice. But I was, I was like, what if we would be like, take them on a tour of our place? Like here's our, I was so proud of the bungee cords that I'd installed like with hooks and anchors into the wall. And I'd done some hardware, some real manly man stuff. And these bungees were holding up the duvet and the extra pillows. And like, I was so proud of it. I was like, this is so pathetic. Like this is like, I'm over 40 and I'm proud of the bungees holding my shit together in my closet so i guess that's that's my answer is no. my, my shame slash pride over my my ingenuity if it were a new yorker raiding your apartment they'd be like oh that's a good idea i gotta do that too every yeah. time i reach yeah. for a towel i risk everything falling on yeah. me at once yeah. if you i'll come funny. over i'll do yeah, yeah. i got some extra anchors that is so hooks, funny that's all right should we do our villain of the week segment yes. so this is the final segment so since our lives are just a reality TV show, mm-hmm. or at least that's what I like to think, uh, each week we choose the villain of our week. Yeah. yeah. Who's who our real life villain is. Exactly. Do you yeah. have one? I, I do have one. And it is the uh, New York buses, just <gasps> in general, like the bus system in New York. So Controversial. I, yes. I like the buses. I I like the buses as a concept. This is what I don't like. So I never take the bus unless I, I, when I'm coming to this studio that we're recording at. Because the only way I can get here is by taking the bus. Oh, you take the bus. Yeah. And every time I take the bus, I literally feel like they change the rules somehow. And I always mm-hmm. end up looking like I'm an idiot who's never taken a bus. <laughs> like where it stops, you mean? Like So, for example, like I get in and I always feel like I disappointed the bus driver. <laughs> So I was sitting in the back and, you know, I, it's my stop and I was supposed to go from the back door because that's what they tell you. Use the back door to get out. Mm-hmm. And everyone was just looking at me like I just broke some rule and everyone was like, this door doesn't open. It's the front door. Uh-huh. And I was just like, how do you not know that? I'm like, how am I, su- how am I supposed to know that? It's supposed to open usually. Yeah. yeah. And then the bus driver like yelled at me oh, and he was like. Come through the front door. How many times do I have to say this? I was like, one time. I literally did not even hear it a single time. Oh my! Or God. my phone. Like I, I tried to get in, and my phone will not work because I like scan my phone to like yeah. pay, and my phone will stop working. Like stuff like that. Like just happens every time I take the bus. Yeah. To the point where I was like, should I just walk? It's yeah. An hour walk. Should I just walk? There's. I've tried taking it sometimes to get to Bushwick too because it is the most convenient way a lot of yeah. times. And Google Maps, where Google Maps tells me it stops, is never where it actually stops. And I've ended up running for it every time <laughs> that I have to take it. Always. So Little, I guess you're right. It's it's like they have to put you through it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, yeah, the bus is coming in five minutes or an hour. It might not come. <laughs> you you will never know. Yeah. Yeah. So they are the villain for okay. me. What yeah. about you? My villain this week is whoever came up with how you make cheesecake 
whoever invented the process of making cheesecake because it's no, too no, no baker hard. Baker. I don't even know you, what you why, mean do by no that. cheesecake. No bake. No big cheesecake. I baked yeah. it, so I made my first cheesecake yesterday. And yeah, Miles, I want to get your opinion as the husband of a baker. You'll <laughs> <laughs> well, have to ask her, but I know there's two kinds of cheesecakes. Okay, there's, I didn't even know there's that. Bacon, no bake. I didn't know I could yeah. not bake. I could opt out of you the could, whole. You still have to hell. Of you still have to form it somehow and put it in a fridge that and chill it. But oh yeah. man, well yeah. So, so it's what was so your complicated. So you have to. So I made the crust. You bake the crust, and yeah. then. When you put, you make all the filling and that's fine. You're just stirring stuff. And then you put it in and then to bake it, you have to put the cake pan, which is a special pan you have to buy because yeah. like the sides come off, uh, in a, a, a pan of boiling water. First you put it in boiling water and then you put that in the oven. Yeah. And then, but you have to put a lot of tin foil over it because if any water gets into the actual cake pan, the whole thing is ruined. Mm. And I did everything exactly according to plan. And, then I think some water still got in somehow because I used the wrong kind of tin foil, like not big enough mm. tin foil. So I don't know yet if the cake is good. It's still standing. It's I'm I made it for my boyfriend's birthday. It's Wednesday, and cheesecake is his favorite dessert. So TBD on if it's <laughs> we're gonna bite <laughs> into it and see if it's just a sponge. I, or I mean, yeah, I a guys are still birthday surprise. <laughs> right? Yeah, we're either gonna break up. <laughs> Because of how bad it is. <laughs> is this what you think of me? You shitty cheesecake? This is just soggy fucking water. <laughs> but I tried. Yeah, I know you tried. That's what matters. So, Miles, what's, who's your villain? Uh, mine, and I preface this with the people who do uh, uh, deliveries uh, from all the different services are all, I think, say, uh, on average, they're all pretty awesome and wonderful and very helpful and friendly. Mm-hmm. There's one fucking guy, <laughs> yeah, one fucking guy <laughs> from UPS who comes by and he rings the bell. Oh, no, sorry. He doesn't ring the bell. He puts, he, he doesn't ring the bell and he just puts the, they weren't home sticker on. And I oh, see yeah. him. We see him oh do it. God. We catch him do it. I'm like, the time it took you. To write the fucking thing and put the sticker on the door. Why not just ring the bell and leave the package? He was expected I, like, to be greeted understand. at the door by you. <laughs> just you sensed I he was don't. there and just come. <laughs> it's so infuriating. And it's like we, we were waiting for an air conditioner to get delivered, and literally it was three attempts. And then oh, three, no. we watched oh him do God. it three times. Oh my God. Show up, put the sticker on, walk away. So uh, to the one guy at uh, at UPS, who's not all the other awesome people who do it, uh, <laughs> fuck you. I, I see That's that sticker it. on the door yeah, and I'm like, fuck that guy. the next week of my life is about to be hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It, it's, yeah, it, it's truly the worst. Yeah. 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 It's like oh, people God. don't get it that in suburbia, if you don't live in a doorman building and you live in a city, you're, you're at the, just the, the whimsy and the will of just fate when it comes yeah. to getting mm-hmm. a package. You One person. Yeah. Maybe won't. I had yeah. a, a package maybe situation. A I had a package situation recently where, my work, they would like send us like snack boxes every month, which was very nice. And uh, last month they sent one and, but they did it during a week, a hiatus week. So no one was home to accept the package. And I got home for, and it's always a surprise. So I got home and I see the stickers and I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess I have a package and I have to go pick it up from the UPS access point. And it's been sitting there for like a week and a half probably at this point. And I pick it up, I bring it home and it's so much melted ice cream. (laughs) Oh, like melted and like no. the box had definitely been like upside down <laughs> just like loose <laughs> everywhere in the box T- i was like do i tbs will send me a plant a plant 
they sent me a plant and it was like, it was like, ne- I live next to a restaurant and they delivered it to the restaurant. It was there for three weeks. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> I was like, this poor no, succulent was just starving. Plant. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. That's Thanks, so TBS. Right in the garbage. <laughs> just send me money next time. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Even if it didn't die, it's like, thanks for now giving me this chore. <laughs> yeah. And this thing that exactly. I'm going to kill. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been so much fun. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, Miles. We learned a lot. My pleasure. Congratulations on the show, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Give you a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Round of applause for us. <laughs> That's what I love. I think she. All right. This uh, has been You Could Do That on Television. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.